Like on Mother's Day, instead of a regular sermon, we are going to hear uh, several little mini-sermons from some fathers in our congregation who are going to share with us, just for a few minutes each, uh, a very simple question I asked, just very similar to the one on Mother's Day. Uh, and the question is this, what have you learned about God's love by being a father? Uh, I know uh, for me, uh, I think I, I don't, I don't, I, I, becoming a father brought me to a whole new level of understanding God the Father's love for me and, and for all of us. And so, and I think that's true of all of the gentlemen who are going to be sharing this morning. So if I could have our first one, Gene Van Veldhuizen, come on up. Um, Gene here is a, currently a uh, retired elder. He's been in, on our elder board for years and years, and then uh, he helped with our church plant, um, Cross Culture Community Church. Come on up, all the way up here, Gene. Um, and I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. But uh, Gene uh, here uh, served as, uh, well, still serving as one of their elders at Cross Culture Community Church and um, uh, retired from our elder board. We call, we call them uh, Elders Emeritus. And uh, Gene is going to share with us about that, trying to start, start us off answering that question, uh, what have you learned about God's love by being a father? So let's pray for Gene and for everybody else we're going to hear from. Heavenly Father, uh, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful, Lord, first off, that you are the good, good father. I'm so grateful, Lord, uh, however successful or unsuccessful some of us have been as fathers, however uh, good or not good our experience of being children of fathers has been, I want to thank you that through it all, you are the solid rock of the good, good father. And that is the that is the foundation stone of the entire universe. The entire universe is built on you being a good father. Thank you so much for revealing to us your fatherhood and, and, and adopting us as your children. Uh, Spirit of God, we pray now that through our brother Gene, as he shares his own experience of learning about your love by being a father, that we, our eyes might be open to what a good, good father you really are. So here we come to you, Lord, with our hearts open, our eyes open. Uh, guide us, direct us. May we be swept up into the love and pleasure of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, take it away, Gene. Thank you for the privilege, uh, Andrew, of uh, sharing my testimony about the goodness of God. And uh, we do serve a good, good father. Hallelujah. God is so good to us, and he said he would never leave us or forsake us, and so we can count on it. He's here today. He's here with us when we're going through the hard times, and he's here with us in the good times. And it's such a privilege uh, this morning for me to have my daughter and her husband, Jeff, uh, Missy and Jeff. Uh, we get to sit with them pretty much on a regular basis on Sunday morning. And we, we really enjoy doing that. And then uh, even today, we have Sophia and Addie, our grandchildren, here with us. So we're thankful for that, too. It's a pleasure for us to, to have this in our lives. And uh, I'm sure for all of you parents, and maybe for some of you who aren't parents but are acting like parents because you have special people in your life, 
aren't your kids just the most special people on the planet? Amen. They are. Hallelujah. And so, God is good to us in giving us, his, giving us children. And we pay a lot of attention to them. We care for them deeply. And we uh, watch how they respond to the situations in life. And so, when they are uh, doing well, we give them encouragement. When they are are needing instruction, we instruct them in the way of the Lord. And when they are needing um, comfort, we, with passionate hearts, try to comfort them. And then also, when they don't respond well to the things in this, in this life, uh, we may have to chastise a little bit. And uh, that doesn't feel good. That is hard to take. Uh, when, when we have to suffer chastisement, it kind of goes against the grain, and it's hard for us to see love in that at first. But as we go on through life, we realize that, yeah, chastisement does make a difference in our lives. It makes us more like God, and it helps us to face the struggles that we go through in this life. Praise God. And so, these are the things that we do for our children. We don't just uh, uh, let them, we don't just let them fend for themselves. That would not be good. And you know, our Heavenly Father doesn't just leave us to fend for ourselves either. He does the same things for us. In fact, I think that we learned all these things you know, how to treat our children and grandchildren. Uh, I think we learned that from God himself, the way he treats us. And so when he uh, treats us with uh, encouragement, we appreciate that. And he, he uh, instructs us, he comforts us, and he chastises us too. And this is what uh, Hebrews tells us. Hebrews chapter 12 says that... Um, no, no chastening for the present seems to be joyful, but it is painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so that's the way it is. We get, we get help from God in every, every area of our life, and, and now we respond to the things of life. Um, one day, Jesus was teaching his disciples. And at the end of his session, he said, I have many things I want to tell you, but I can't tell. You're not ready for them now. And that's the way it is in our lives, too, when we're training our children. We can't teach them everything they need to know when they're two years old, can we? <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. There are things when they're teenagers that they need to know, and we teach them those things at that time. And even as they become adults, and, and uh, we, we have to be careful how we handle those things, but uh, we can even teach them at that time in their life. And so God doesn't teach us everything we need to know right away. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. And I'll tell you this right now, God is not finished with me yet. 
<laughs> I've, I've still got a ways to go on. You can see it. Maybe I can't see it, but <laughs> I've got a ways to go. So anyhow, I think my time is up. I'm going to let it go at that. We just uh, are so thankful to be able to serve a good God. Uh, Chris here is uh, one of the elders at the uh, ICF, International Christian Fellowship, that uh, meets uh, here on Sunday evenings. And uh, Chris has been a longtime member here um, from, uh, to, to remind me of the year you started here. To, that sounds right. Yes, 20 or 20 years with wonderful uh, Williams family who they've Almost everybody here in this room has been blessed by the Williams family in, in one way or another. Uh, Chris is from Liberia, and I've always been uh, touched by what a beautiful relationship he has with his son, Chris Williams Jr., and uh, really wanted to hear his voice this morning. So, brother, take it away. Good morning, Pastor and BCF members. First of all, I want to say thank you all and to the pastors and to all of you from the time I was sick, all those who have prayed with me for me and who are still praying with me. I want to say thank you all. It's like in the Bible when Jesus cleansed ten lepers, only one came by to say thank you. So I'm one of the ten. I mean, one out of the ten that came by to say thank you. And when Pastor Andrew told me about this, I said, I said, Pastor Andrew, what do you really want me to tell people who are experienced in their jobs? People who know exactly what it is to take care of kids. It's like getting somebody from high school to come and speak to people with PADs. Uh -huh. So, I asked Pastor Andrew, I said, what do you really want me to do? And he said the same thing. He said, well, what have you learned being a father? So, but before I became a father, I want to say this. Any project you do, you have to first of all look at the predecessors. What have they done? So I want to refer to you all, those of you who have done the social sciences, Eric Erison. He was a child psychologist. And Eric Erison, he developed an eight-stage model. And it tells you that at this, at this age, this is the behavior you expect from a child. At this age, this is what you should expect. So, I mean, I'm not going to delve into the theory or those who are interested to check into that. But at least he gave us the eight-stage theory that at this age, from infancy to adulthood, expect this. So, when you have a child, 
You have to follow those who are more experienced. Now, <clears throat> that means... I can't memorize all these And as, as I said, you have to start it from those who are more knowledgeable than you. And I have here to say some good qualities of a, qualities of a good dad. They say, a dad plays a major role in the child's life. So you can't just have the dad, the child, and then jump around. You don't even care what happens to the child's life. They say a child, I mean, the father has to be dependable. I'm not going to brag about that. I know my son can depend on me for so many things. He can always seek advice from me. You have to be involved in the child's life. I mean, these are not things, I mean, these are things I don't have to tell anybody. All of you are church members, so you are involved in your kid's life. Therefore, there is nothing new I'm saying to you. You have to be compassionate. People have to understand that a child has to be a child. If you expect your child to be perfect, things are not going to be right with that child. Child has to make mistakes. So you have to be compassionate and be very understanding. You have to also show empathy. When something goes wrong, I'm not perfect. I was not perfect. And therefore, I don't expect my child or the other kids to be perfect. There is something many of the authors emphasize here. You have to value the mother of the child. Amen. It's very crucial. You have to love your wives. And I know you all do. I see that with all of you. And you have to be verbally expressive. I always tell my son, communication, communication, communication. In any organization, communication is very crucial. Similarly, have the door open, let your child be willing to come and talk to you. Don't shut the door. If you do so, there will be no communication. You have to be kind and humane. So, all I'm doing that of, that's of fact, she say, that's science. Now, let me come to the Bible. Proverbs 22 says, it says this. Start children off on the way they should go. And even if they are old, they will not turn away from that. This means that you're supposed to instill in the child why he or she is young. Don't wait until he gets old before you start introducing these things to them. I always tell my son, I am what I am because those were instilled in me. I always tell my son, and what he doesn't want to hear is, I'm not criticizing people who work at a hamburger shop, but I ask my son, do you want to be wrapping hamburger for your life? If the answer is no, then go to school. I'm not bragging. I don't wrap hamburger. Therefore, I don't want him to wrap hamburger. You can do it temporarily, but be prepared to school for something better. So that Proverb 26, 
I mean, 22 says. The second one here is this, Proverbs 13, 24. Good dads discipline their children. Okay. There are instances where I tend to criticize some parents. Oh, he's a kid. No, don't say he's a kid. You have to tell the child now what he has done is wrong or what she has done is wrong. If you say he's a kid, that child will never change. So those disciplines are supposed to be instilled now. So I come here again. Ephesians says for nurture the children in the discipline and instruction of the law. Anything you do is supposed to be guided by your Christian principles. If your own conscience will not be clear, then don't do it. So, I know Pastor Andrew had one more minute. Biblical roles of a father. I know if I say anything here and I do not delve into the Bible, you all will not be happy. So, I have to touch the Bible a little bit. You see, father's role in the family is a crucial one. You have to be a leader and a protector. Leader, I always tell my son, don't be a follower. Be a leader. Being a leader doesn't mean you shouldn't take advice from other people, but be ready to lead at any time. <clears throat> and this, the other one says, the father is supposed to be strong in faith and bring children to know what is right and what is wrong. Now, there are some people who say, don't do what I do or don't do what I say. You have to do what you Practice what you do. Practice what you do. Don't just come to church on Sunday and say all the good things, and then Monday you become the worst father. Practice what you do. Your children learn from you seven days a week. Children learn five days a year. And the final one is show an example of Christ's love just as Christ loved us all. Love should always come, demonstrate that daily to your children, of course, to your brothers and all. Thank you all. Praise God. Thank you so much, Brother Chris. Uh, Brother Eddie, come on up. We're going to... Eddie, Eddie Wama uh, has been here for many years. He is also from Liberia and... Uh, has some wonderful things uh, to share with us this morning. I've been uh, blessed over the years getting to know Eddie and his own journey in fatherhood. So, uh, so glad to have you, brother. Here we go. Good morning. So I had the opportunity of, <laughs> of Pastor Andrew asking me to share of being a father and that was almost a month ago and I was kind of like I don't know what to share but then realizing that if I don't share I won't be doing myself justice and also to regard serve I won't be doing a justice to him 
And so I just like, okay, I'll think about it. And finally I said, it's request. But today I'm just gonna share with you a little bit of what being a father look like and what I've learned or I'm still learning. So many of you may know our story of having our son Jamal. Some of you may not know. Jamal, he's my little nephew. He's not my biological son. But it's kind of been a long rocky road and I can't stand here to explain all of that. But I will just summarize that quickly. Jamal came into the country many years ago as a little child, being five years old, sent away from his parents, his mom and dad. And without a proper plan, they sent him to us. When we got him, we didn't know what to do, where to start from, what to do. And some of you are there with the immigration process. It's kind of complicated and really rocky and frustrating, a lot of it. So when we had Jamal, no paper to share his hours, nothing, nowhere to start. We don't know what to do. And so that went on for days, days, days a week, week, days a month, yes. And so during those times, my wife and I, we had a sleepless night, stress, all of it, everything. And so basically I'm just telling you just two little things that kind of intertwine about trust and love. Part of that, it sounds very easy saying it up here, but it really, it was a stressful situation for us that we don't sleep, worry about what if immigration have to come and want to take the child away? What if he's sick? There is no insurance on Jamal for years, but what if he's sick? Where were we taking? And all of that just brought a lot of stress, worry, concern, but through it all, God showed himself truthful. Like I said, I'm standing, so I, I <laughs> it's tears of joy to see today. I can say we have a child who is legal and we can move around with him freely, but it's, it's a stressful situation. God has revealed himself to me how truthful he is, and he wants me to trust him. In it all that my worry, it can't solve anything but just to put it before him. And God answered that prayer, and he said, Eddie, I want you to trust me. He has done a lot for me to trust him, but he's still trying to reveal himself to me. through having a Jamal as my son to tell me that, Eddie, I want you to trust me. The second aspect of that is about love. We say love, but it sounds very easy, but it's kind of harsh war or really tough war. When I'm talking about love, I kind of had a little wall built between Jabal and myself because the same wall come us as what if he decided to walk away someday? What if his mom decided to take him away? Would that take part of me away? And so, it's been really rough. But you are, I'm still trying to learn to love. I can say I have learned, but I'm still learning to love. So this is why I'm telling you trust and love kind of come together, intertwine. But what I've also learned is that the story in Luke 15, 
11 to 32 with the prodigal son. The dad opened his arms. I still love you. He did not say, sit until you get preferred before you come back to me. But he said, I love you coming, son. It's the same way God opened his arms. I love you. Even I have messed up every day of my life. God still tells me, Eddie, I love you just as you are. And still, this is how I've seen God love that is not limited on based on what you have done. Like, since you don't, today you have done a good job. I love you. But rather, he said, I love you just as you are. Come just as you are. And to conclude on that, I would say one of the songs I also listen to that the writer says, and I quote, even though I'm not faithful, you are still faithful. Even when I doubt your truth, you still hold. Even when I'm lost, you will find me. And in all my wandering, you still love me. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you. Thank you so much, Brother Eddie. So beautiful. Um, uh, uh, Eddie serves on our ministry coordinator board, and along with him, uh, Josh Levine. Is he is Josh here? All right. Josh texted me this morning. He said, we're running late. And I was like, Josh, you don't get to run late today. <clears throat> um, so, uh, yeah, Josh also serves on our ministry coordinator board. Uh, and as our uh, minister coordinator of outreach, Eddie serves as our ministry coordinator of facilities. And so, Josh, go ahead and take it away. We're excited to hear from you. Thank you. And uh, I, Eddie, that was really great. I'm, I'm kind of sad that I have to follow Eddie up because that was, that was really profound. That, that, that touched me, brother. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, and thank you, Pastor Andrew, for, for giving me a chance to share this morning. It's an honor. Um, I, I think most of you guys know that uh, my wife, Jen, and I have six kids. Our, uh, we have five girls and, and one boy. Um, and so they are, it's, it's been an adventure and a journey uh, raising them, uh, but they are God's greatest gifts to me. Um, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul writes, and he's, in, he's saying that he prays that the Ephesian believers would better understand the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Um, and, and being a father has, has definitely helped me grow in, in my understanding of that love that really is, it, is be, it, it surpasses and is beyond my ability to understand, but I, I feel like I've been able to grow in understanding that, and I think especially in knowing why God loves me and in, in the meaning of unconditional love. Um, something that I, that I learned from a friend, of my, a friend of mine many years ago that I started doing with my kids, even when, uh, when Marin and Ava, our oldest two, were, were little, they probably remember this, um, <clears throat> is that I would, you know, tuck in them in at night or whatever, and I would ask them um, why I love them. And, uh, and, and the answers, and I've done this with all the kids, and the answers kind of vary, and, and a lot of times they would come out more as questions than answers, right? Right, like, uh, it's because I'm good. Uh, it's because I, I'm smart. Uh, because I'm pretty, you know, like, just the, the answers are, are sweet, and, um, 
and and they're tr those things are true, right? Like, well, yes, I, I, it gives me pleasure when you obey and when when you behave. Uh, yes, you are pretty. Yes, you are smart. These things are true, but that's not why I love you. Um, the answer is because you're mine, right? Like, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's nothing that they earned or worked for. Uh, there's, there's no conditions to it, simply because they're mine. And, uh, and that's the nature of God's love for you and for me. Like, he loves me because I'm his. And I, I think I still sometimes have a hard time really, like, accepting that or, or even, I think, believing it. Like, believing that really there are no conditions. There's not, like, I don't have to pray more or sin less or, or whatever, like, to, to, for him to love me or to love me more. It's just simply because I'm his, and, and there are not conditions to that. Um, my, my youngest, Anya, uh, I, I tell her often that she's my joy and my delight. I kind of have a little line like that for, for each of my kids, kids that's unique to them. And, um, and I told her often enough <laughs> that now she'll say it back to me. And, and I, it's one of the sweetest things, right? Like my little two-year-old girl turns to me and says just spontaneously, Daddy, I'm your joy and your delight. And, and yes, <laughs> yes, you are, absolutely. Um, and, and I love that she knows that. And she's confident in it. Um, in that identity of being daddy's joy and delight. Um, and I feel like I'm still getting there in my confidence, in my identity with my father. It's, you know, like, how, how many of you feel like you could just turn to the father and say, I'm your joy and, and your delight? <laughs> like, do you know that well enough for yourself? I don't know that I'm there yet. I'm still growing in that, that, that he loves me that much and that I'm his joy and his delight. Um, that he loves me simply because I'm his. He loves you simply because you are his. Thank you so much. And uh, Josh just turned 40 yesterday, so. Woohoo! Yeah. <clears throat> um, to uh, close us this morning, uh, uh, you see Tom Iverson's name on there. He, he was sick this morning, so he's not able to join us, so pray for him. Um, uh, but to close us this morning, we've got uh, Brother Stanley Roberts. Uh, Pastor Stanley is one of the uh, lay pastors at International Christian Fellowship and has been serving with them uh, for many years, and he's serving, been serving with us uh, for many years in many different capacities. Come on up. Um, in a month from now, it's about exactly a month from now, Brother Stanley is going to be uh, sharing the, the, the full word, the full message with us, uh, and uh, we're really excited about that as you uh, we're getting ready for that. But, um, brother, thank you so much for closing us, and um, take it away, brother. Praise God. Thank God for the opportunity. Um, I've heard it said many times, and I know all you have, that there's no book written on parenting, how to get it right. But I'm here to tell you, there may not be a book on it, but there's examples in this. 
on how to parent and how not to parent. And it's a growing experience. We don't get it right, but God gives us opportunity. So what has God showed me about his love by being a father? First of all, God's love is pure. Pure love. Unconditional. He doesn't hold grudges. He's not judgmental. We can't be good enough to earn his love, as Josh was saying. He's full of forgiveness, extending his grace, which is Jesus, the manifested living grace and love of God, the Father. Jesus is the grace of God that's manifested for us. And it's the First Corinthians 13 kind of love. I'm not going to read that chapter. You can read that on your own, but you're probably familiar with that. He's present. A very present help in times of, prob- uh, times of trouble. God is a refuge and strength. And something about being in the presence of a father or something about having a father in your life that's present in times of trouble or any time. That makes a difference. There's always a need to experience a father's presence in a relationship, whether you're in trouble or not. He's a provider. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He says needs, not wants. God, I want that Rolls Royce. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Basic essentials he supplies as well as support, guidance, security, and comfort. Protection. Sometimes protection comes in the form of correction. Sometimes no is the answer because the time is not right. And it wouldn't be right for best interest overall. I want that now. How many of you have ever been a kid in your life? Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give I want it now. <laughs> and wise parents say, sit down somewhere. <laughs> and God puts us in timeout sometimes, like, you know, this is not the time. It says in Psalms 3 3, He's a shield around us, the glory and the lifter of our head. And it could be summed up in Psalms 91. He who dwells in a secret place of the Almighty. I know many of you can quote that, but that's your homework. Read that on your own. He's patient, long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Should perish. Second Peter 3, 8 through 10. He does reflective teaching. Sometimes he allows life's lessons, our bad choices, to be the teacher. Think of Abraham. He said, love is patient and kind. 1 Corinthians 3, 4. Perfection. We are complete in him. Colossians 2, 10. Maturity brings greater awareness of him and acceptance of our responsibilities and actions while humbly growing reflectively in our knowledge of him. 2 Peter 3, 18. Growing grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And manifesting that in our relationship with others, our family first. Do they see 
the love of God. I can't say if any of these attributes are all mine or I've, I've reflected them. My kids would have to tell you that. I only have five kids, five grandkids, and what, four great-grandkids? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and finally, peace. We experience true peace, his shalom. He provides for us by abiding in his, his presence. We abiding in his love obediently. From Ephesians 2.14, he is our peace. And John 14.27 says, peace I leave with you. It's always with us. The Greek word for father is pateris. And father God is pateris theos. To sum it up, pateris theos purely promises us peace, provision, protection, and prosperity as we walk patiently his pathway in his presence to our perfection. God bless you.